If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, consider Anchor Media. Hi, everybody. It's Rob Smith with the Lighter Side of Dark podcast with Solio and Smith. And I want to tell you a little bit about our good friends at Anchor Media. It's real easy to get started. Basically, go to the internet, search for Anchor Media. It'll come right up on your browser. Take an opportunity to uh, follow Shameless the step-by-step plug. videos, and you can have a podcast going just exactly as Solio and I have for the past six seasons. So uh, check them out, Anchor Media. Where you go from there is completely up to you, but they'll get you started. Anchor Media, the place for podcast beginners. Hey, everybody. This is the LSD Podcast. First of all, thanks for listening. Second of all, you're not being forced to. During our podcast, we will attempt to entertain you, make you think a little bit. We believe in the First Amendment and our right to our own opinions. You may disagree, and you can always vocalize those disagreements with us. But if you're easily offended, we're probably not the podcast for you. We try to make you think of things from a lighthearted side. We talk politics, yeah, and occasionally we even bash religion. We make fun of certain groups and even ourselves. So if you're that easily offended, please don't listen to our podcast any further. You're not being forced to. Now, let's try to be in a Welcome to the Lighter Side of Dark, Season 7, one of the fastest growing podcasts in the U.S. Now, here to make your eyes roll and attempt to entertain you are Solio and Smith. Bill? On the F.A. I, I, I caught uh, you off guard, yeah, didn't you? I, I usually am ready to reply. Well, uh, listeners, we have listened. You're now going to get to see our smiling faces. I'm so sorry. You even partially shaved for this. Almost. Isn't there a country song called Did I Shave My Legs for This or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I, I love what you have your hair, too. Yeah, my hair, eventually I'll get to the point where I can just, if it keeps going up and up and up, uh, I'll be able to get it cut with your ceiling fan. So. Yeah, exactly. That's hey, everybody, welcome to the Lighter Side Dark. First ever video. Um version of the podcast we go. don't know how long the video care was gonna last probably Maybe last f- yeah. 15 minutes and shut off probably yeah. five minutes and we'll tape like like a spot on the wall instead of one of us that's usually the technical prowess that that you know that until we, pos- we refine that, things that we possess then sometimes even after we refine things exactly well it's been uh, been a very interesting uh, week we have some fun new stuff we're doing uh, this week we're doing a brand new thing called the wheel of ethnicity Wheel of Ethnicity. I'm excited. But, uh, very. I love game shows. First yes. Of all. So you know who better here than a game show host to create a wheel with a bunch of different nationalities. Yeah, we hosted uh, Jeopardy yesterday. Just yesterday. And um, what were some of your highlights? What were some of the funniest things that were were said? Now, now when we do Jeopardy, it's called Fun Style Jeopardy. It's designed to be fun. We want people to know the answers. So we didn't ask a bunch of you know cerebral stuff. Yeah, that one Linda, I believe her name was, was just. Well, she was on. She was plowing through every every question, any character. I was just more impressed by the fact she, she scored had, over ten thousand points in two games. Right, and it's not like this is real Jeopardy, so we don't, you know, uh, not everything is the same. So for somebody to be able to do that and dominate her peers, she was, did win a uh, trip to Vegas. She won a trip to Vegas. Yeah, her and her, her and her husband are going to Vegas. Uh, that was she didn't know that was coming. You know, she, right. that was a surprise. So it was uh, it was fun. So a very, a very pleasant surprise. You were clearly but inspired. One of, one of the categories was um, was yellow words, and I explained to all the contestants. Right. The answer to all these questions will have yellow somewhere in the answer, and one of the questions was uh, this Coca Cola brand uh, is a knockoff of Mountain Dew. And you remember what the girl said? I don't remember her answer. I remember. Sprite. Oh right, the perfect. And I'm like. That 
doesn't have yellow in the answer at all. But thanks for playing. And then we had one that was uh, Ole Ole, which the answers would have O-L-E somewhere in, in the, the answer. Right. And I said, this type of milk has the most contains the most fat. And the lady buzzed in and said? Buttermilk. Buttermilk. That one I remember, yes. And, uh, and I'm like... You know, to be fair, is the O silent? It is. Is it buttermilk? It's fun to make fun of those people in the moment, and fortunately, you're able to do that. But I, I'm, that's why I'm glad that I get to be helping on the other end of things there, because at home, that will happen to me if I have Jeopardy on, where I will answer a question, and then they'll get the right answer, the actual right answer, and then I'm like, oh my god, I didn't realize it had read in the Dude, title. Dude, as much as I love game shows, and you know I love game shows... That's one of the harder games to host, though. Oh, it's very difficult. And, and and the reason I didn't ask you to be over there, too, was it's a matter of resetting the board and then manually uh, having a touchscreen laptop to hit the button. Yeah, I think I would have been in your way in that. And, I think, and I think you would have, too. So it was just good having you there just to keep the animals under control. <laughs> and uh, so the that was, in the cage. That was uh, definitely fun. And we're hosting a Family Feud event for a guy's birthday this weekend. Oh, those are always great. Should be fun. But the Wheel of Ethnicity, we're not going to do it this very minute. Uh, but it, it does have a, a little video thing. We've got a spinning wheel over here with various ethnic voices. And by the way, these are voices. These are, we're just going to do the voices. But I think it, we pissed off a listener. Oh, I can't believe you do jokes about Indian people. I can't. You know, we, we joke about every ethnicity, yeah, including know. our own. Of course. We make more fun of Caucasians. Well, not just about everyone yeah, we're going to be doing here. Let's open our mouth. That, that, that's brand like, of a Caucasian. That's all the fodder you need. Say I just said fodder. What's whiter than that? Does that have an O-L-E in it? Uh, Fodler? No, Fodler. Buttermilk. Fodler on the roof. And always remember, the answer is Beatrix Potter. That was one of the answers to uh, yesterday's question. I had no... Even if it's the wrong answer, it sounds like you're a scholar when you say something like that. Well, Alex Trebek... Beatrix Potter? Alex Trebek always looked like a genius. He did. He had the cards in front of him. Right. But he he knew how to kind of soften things, but he still looked like a genius anyway. I was like, oh, yeah. Did you notice one of the ethnic groups we were not making fun of as Canadians? It's well, hard to make fun of Canadians. Yeah, they're just the nicest so people on the planet. They're, they're until you get yeah, until you get them on the ice rink. Well, they're, they're, they're a little less polite then, you know. That is true too. With their, uh, with their sticks and they talk a little, they talk a little trash. So the wheel of ethnicity, we have uh, we have various uh, voices and stuff that we do. We have uh, Indian people from India, obviously New Yorkers, Christians, Jewish. Millennial, God, I hope I get that one. Uh, redneck, German and Russian, because you do German, I do Russian, and the woke left. Those are our different, and, and, I, and I put woke left on there, you know, because that basically is kind of like an ethnic group now. I was going to put Karens and Kens, but I think that's kind, that could also be woke left. You, right, so you would just have to, have to create a voice so then. We'll, we'll, you'll spin the wheel, and okay. whatever it lands on for your ethnicity okay that'll be the voice you have to do okay. i'll spin it and then we spin it again and we have uh, we have uh, topics hunter's laptop gas prices covid january 6th the fbi raid abortion and a couple wild cards okay so we'll spin that and then whatever that lands on We'll, we'll pick something accordingly uh, there and just have a little debate and have some fun with it. And we'll hopefully just... piss off. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to look. I was actually going to look, see, because we have paper, real paper. The person who was the most pissed off was, oh, uh, at Acres and Acres. It was a tweet. At Acres and Acres. 
uh, the stereotypes are in poor taste, and that's fucked up. So we're going <laughs> to do that uh, even more really? today. Yes, and know. today's uh, today's Hall of Shame music segment is uh, who should be in the Hall of Fame and who shouldn't. Who shan't, who should not. Who shan't? Interesting who word. Shan't, shan't. Is that short? Rock ballady? Uh, so uh, who shan't be in there is Richie Valens. Now, again. Right. I, I dislike Radiohead. I dislike Nine Inch Nails. I dislike Cream. I don't dislike Richie Valens. How do you dislike a guy like that? No, I get you. But he had two hits, and Phil Collins has over 20. So we will be making the case for Hall of Shame, being Richie Valens in Hall of Fame. For Phil being, Collins. Being Phil Collins. And the Mount Rushmore segment today is uh, one that uh, really peaked, and that's P-I-Q-U-E-D. I can't believe we haven't touched on this and. In, in, in what, two, two years now, not once have we done a Mount Rushmore of sequels that are better than the original. Yes, sequels that are better than the original. We so are today. That And that's going to be... I got three that came to me almost um, immediately. That, that's always a bad sign because it means we're going to have to figure it, this out. And then, then I've got also a couple honorable mentions uh, as well. But uh, it is officially time to, uh, to play our favorite game show. Oh, hey gang, I see the do cards. you know what time it is? It's time for the Florida Man Game Show. All right, see Brought everybody. Brought to you by right here. Game Show Party right here in random. the Tampa Bay area. Florida is famous for its crazy one. Florida Man headlines with all the crazy the stuff thing. done only by a Floridian. We'll cut the cards well, and take the in this game, off. both of our hosts are sentenced to 21 days in the county jail. Each of them will be read three real We're headlines still, still around, the newspaper just around there, or the nightly news. And they must choose which one is fake. The reader will do their best to convince them of which one they should choose, and they must either agree or disagree, like Hollywood Square style. If they answer right, they get one day off of their sentence. If they're wrong, they get one day added to their sentence. Let's see who gets out of jail first. Now, let's see what crazy stuff Florida Man has done already. All right, Florida Man has done a lot. Uh, who wants to go first? You want to go first? You want me to go first? Ah, sure. I'll read what's right in front of me here. Fire away. I'm going to get an extra day off. I'm getting a day off today. I'm pretty much guaranteed it. All right. He's feeling feeling it. Sometimes when you feel it, you just got to ride that dew. Florida man attacks ATM with hatchet after it refuses to take his check. Florida man admits to year-long affair with Dolphin. Claims Dolphin seduced him. Okay. Florida man flees his attempted robbery after teen girl throws can of soda at his head. Now remember, one of these is fake. For, for our new viewers here, one of these is fake. Yeah, we can say viewers them. today because we're being viewed. We can. Florida man attacks ATM with hatchet after it refuses to take his check. Florida man admits to year-long affair with Dolphin, claims Dolphin seduced him. Florida man flees his attempted robbery after teen girl throws can of soda at his head. Which of those is the fake headline? Which of those is fake? I have been angry enough at uh, an Astamouth ATM. That's what I call it. Uh, I've been angry enough at those machines to become violent. I, I got you. That sounds to me like that could be a, could be a viable, a viable thing. Could be. Um, a guy tried to rob at a convenience store, and the clerk is bad enough to throw a can of soda at his head. 
could, and I've seen videos of that scaring people off. The dolphin one sounds completely <laughs> made up to me. Um, and, and I and I think I, I'm going to go with that. But I be and the reason why I think is the last line, where he says the dolphin seduced him. I think that's what pushed me over the limit. So uh, you ready for this? I am. The uh, the correct the fake story is, Florida man flees his attempted robbery after teen girlfriend. So so what that means, ladies and gentlemen, just just to be clear here, is that. There is an actual headline where the Florida man admitted to a year-long affair with a dolphin, claiming that the dolphin seduced him. Okay. <laughs> that one's going in the garbage, I think. Yep, it's, it's that where that one's, one's going. going. Bye-bye. All right, well. I, I cannot say I blame you. I would have 100% would have picked that without even a shadow of a doubt. See, it sounded believable until he said the dolphin seduced him. That's why I thought. I'm thinking, this is a trap. Because the last one was so innocuous, and that's the fake one. Sometimes, that's how they get you. All right. Well, I've, I've gained an entire one day off since fucking December. All right, Paul, here are your three. Florida man attempts to steal chickens to start an egg farm. Instead, stole roosters by accident. Florida man attacks his mom because she refused to dress his mannequin girlfriend. Or C, Florida woman posed as TV producer in phony show scam and got the show on local TV. Boy. Okay. So, Florida man attempts to steal chickens to start an egg farm, All steals right. roosters by accident. Florida man attacks his mom because she refuses to dress his mannequin girlfriend. That one made you titter. Or a Florida woman posed as TV producer in phony show scam gets show on local TV. Ah, man. That is... This is tough. I believe it's one of the... the, the either the second or the third. I, I don't believe... Not, it's not that the first one's not ridiculous. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me see if I can help you a little bit here. Why would a guy who has a mannequin for a girlfriend want her any other way but naked. Well, that is a good point. Did you ever see the movie Lars and the Real Girl? Maybe he wants to undress her in, from certain outfits. Maybe he's got, like, a thing. So. Did you ever see Lars and the Real Girl? Uh, no, no, no. If you get a chance, don't. It's just... <laughs> okay. You I'll can find that it. movie at any local thrift store. Several copies. Oh, yeah. Under it's, got, it's got Ryan Gosling in it. And it's about a guy who's going through a bunch of trauma in his life, and he buys one of those $5,000 sex dolls. I mean, okay. don't be wrong. She's hot. Right, but you know, and it's just he interacts with the family, and the family's like, "Oh, he's going through a lot. Let's just let this slide." It's just really a depressing, you know depressing what? movie. I feel like I've seen parts of this movie. I have, and I think I caught it on you know on a rainy day when you're flipping around on Pluto TV or something weird. All I, can, I think I did see some of it. Yeah, all, all I can tell you is uh, if, uh, for example, it's on. The only reason it's on my TV is my remote's broken. Right. That's what I think that's what happened. It was one of those accidents. All right. So a man steals chickens, steals roosters instead. Man attacks his mom because she refuses to dress his mannequin girlfriend. Or a Florida woman poses TV producer. Phony show scam gets it on local TV. Those are your choices. uh, Are we going to add a day? Or are we going to take off? Probably are. I I think I'm going to go. Because I... 
the whole thing with the fake producers, local TV, local TV, it, it sounds a little weird and kind of convoluted, almost like they're trying to write a movie script. So I think that's the fake one. Is the All right. You're wrong. I talked myself right out of the of a, of a slam. The real game. one. The real one in Florida man attacks his mom for refusing to dress his mannequin girlfriend. That's a legit. Really? Okay, yeah. so I would have got the it chicken, wrong. Just chicken one. So and that's the one. I, I'm telling you, if I had got this card, I would have picked exactly what you picked. The chickens one and the rooster one sounded totally believable to me. Especially, if, again, the, the key here is Florida Rooster's man. chickens, right? Look, my, my wife's parents have a chicken coop in, in their backyard. It's not an active one, but they at one point had some chickens. It's completely plausible. Yeah. Uh, so that's how they get you. They got they got you on a on an innocent one with a can. What what teenager hasn't thrown a tantrum, tantrum and a can? So yeah. son of a. There we go. So I'm back to twenty, and you're back 18. up to eighteen. Eighteen. So there down. we go. Uh, okay, let's uh, let Dave Anthony uh, lead us into the next one here. How could this be news? There's a lot of news. You're your host, Solio and Smith. So uh, Trumpity Trump 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 is wow. uh, not happy. Man. They have, uh, at least according to what I have uh, heard, read, seen, uh, participated in uh, in listening to, uh, they're finding a lot of documents that violate the Espionage Act. Yeah. To the surprise of absolutely no one except the people who, again, have this loyalty to him. I, I think the first, my first thought is, well, what kind of bargaining power and what kind of secrets is he going to want to steal to have leverage in some way and thank god they were tracking and aware of and found it uh, hopefully they were kind of aware the whole time and just were doing this by the rules but this is again this is the kind of thing that should unite everybody like it's us against this guy who doesn't care about us well one of the people on uh, fox news made a, a very interesting statement uh wanted to know why merrick garland has such a hard on for trump <laughs> I mean, come on man and and i'm like I've, I've, I've always said that some of the diehard nutjob Republicans just have an unbelievably short memory. Why would a guy who was scheduled to become a Supreme Court justice, the guaranteed job for the rest of his life, as a lawyer, there is no greater honor than being chosen for the Supreme Court. And the Republican-led Senate stonewalled it, which was actually against the Constitution. It's all projection. And made sure that Merrick Garland would not be appointed, and then Trump came in and appointed somebody they immediately They screwed after. themselves through their, through their, you know, trying to be political. But yet on Fox News, they're like, we just don't understand why Merrick Garland is so upset. Why is, he dis- why is he so un- upset that's with thing. former it's, President Trump? He, he's not. He's about as, as, as bipartisan as he can be, honestly. He's, he's a Republican, you know, rep- essentially Republican with, he has previous ties to the Federalist Society, which the Federalist Society are the people that are the Southern sympathizers. Now, you know, my understanding is that has that since not been as, as much. But if anything, he would have been seen as a, a, a bad pick by progressives because they would assume he'd let it slide. But I think by putting someone who, who has more incentive to side with them, you're trying to say, look, this is not political. We have to just get this guy who's trying to sail out our country. And then you root out the, like the weasels and the people who are just in it for the money and, and associated with the Russians and the dirty money. Well, Carlin's bit from a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about the left and the right. Because the yeah. left is about people. 
right. uh, social programs, people, right. helping people. The right is about property and things. Things and, and money property. would go along with money, it. property, and things. So that that's kind of the, the direction it's going there. But it was it was so funny because uh, Trump was like, I I I I declassified these documents. So yeah, I, I have shit at the I have that kind of power. I can just go like this. Yeah. And then the documents are now trying to get ahead of it in a legal way. People are saying that that's perfectly. That's what people are saying, Paul. People are saying. Oh. That I can do that as former president. I can just declassify. Hey. Well, but, but I can also look at Hillary's emails and I can classify them because I have that kind of power. That's what people are saying. Don't forget his one of his part of his brilliance is his double speak and his ability to just sort of coast and glide and, and be that snake and avoid accountability for it. And he's trying to do the same here. He, he is really good at this. Yeah. Uh, and up till now, he's been able to avoid it. Um, so why wouldn't he try? A couple it? weeks ago, when we replayed the uh, the Mark Burgess uh, commemorative edition of Lighter Side of Dark, in honor of it being uh, one year since he had passed, I took the time to listen to that podcast in its entirety, laughing hysterically at how poor our audio quality was. We, that's one thing we've gotten better about. We're still awful, but we're audible. Awful, but listenable. Awful audible. Awful audible. I guess, or or Hopefully audible awful. awful. There's yeah, podcast. Rock ballady. Awful and audible. So I was listening to that, and, and I was I made a point on there that um, the people who run for office on the Republican side, their speeches at their rallies are essentially comfort foods. I've heard a new term. Uh, angertainment. Angertainment. And that's exactly what it is. That's what Fox news and and the whole conservative platform is essentially it's yeah. anchortainment it's buzzwords it's appealing to emotion it's riling people up anchortainment i've heard it recently and i thought it was the perfect way because people love to be angry at something and blame somebody or some group and uh, they master this this is every every potential republican commercial that we're going to be hearing over the next uh three months conservative bible guns troops bible guns troops religion conservative terrorist socialist pretty much I mean, basically, and the attack ads, all they do is they put a picture of Biden, a picture of Pelosi, and they say liberal agenda. By the way, are those pictures in color or black and white? I've seen, I've seen it both ways. Black. They always put them in black and white and their person in color. Sometimes I've seen that too. Yeah, and 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 Bill Maher on his show talks about uh, the Village People ads. You know what those are? No. Shows the the Republican congressman or senator or, or representative walking with a construction worker. <laughs> a biker, a cop, I see where it's just... somebody in the Navy, and in some cases, Native Americans. So, <laughs> village people ads. Think about that for just a That's second. That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> the village people ads. You, you can't. You cannot make this stuff up. Well, it's uh, time for a hitch slap and uh, Carlin's corner. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have a uh, George Carlin bit. I'm going to let you get it set up. I'll play the, the hitch slap okay. uh, one first here. Uh, this one is, I believe, got to get it, get it set up here. 
I have this if you want me to. Oh, here we go. Trinity, I might add. One short of a trinity. ...and to truth in this country, if ordinary offences, to morality and to truth in this country, if you'll just get yourself called reverend. All right, here we go. One short of a trinity, I might add. The Son is the reincarnation of the Father. It is the most revolting and utter and absolute and heartless tyranny the human species has ever evolved. But at least you can fucking die and leave North Korea. The point he was making there was someone in the debate was talking about uh, how, the, how dictators are always atheists. And that there's nothing religion-based in, in a dictator basically has to be an atheist. He explains away in this debate when people say Hitler was an atheist. He brings up, no, chapter 3 of Mein Kampf, it says specifically, I am doing the Lord's work. On every belt buckle, it said, God is on our side. You know, mm -hmm. anti-Semitic and basically getting rid of Jews was part of the Catholic Church up until the mid-1960s. 1960s people yeah. blaming Jews for the killing of Christ and so on and so forth. I can't think of too many groups that have more, been more violent over the years than, than Christians. But then somebody brought up um, you know, North Korea is, is a perfect example of a socialist atheist state. And as he explained in that little bit right there, no. He goes, I'm one of the only authors or writers who have been to the three axis of evil, evil countries. He was in North Korea. He says, there's nothing more religious than North Korea. He goes, you're one short of the Holy Trinity. You have the, the father who's basically been dead for 30 years. He is still the dear leader of the country, still to this day. His son, Kim Jong-il, is the supreme leader in charge of the government and the armed forces. Car basically, he's carrying out his father's will. Is right. that and, oh boy, and, and and they are worshipped. They are worshipped. They are there to, to people are supposed to carry pictures of them and praise them constantly. Wow. When Kim Jong Il was born, supposedly all of the all of the birds in North Korea right. sang in Korean. And, and he goes, "I call bullshit on that one." <laughs> you know, and and they say, you know, Kim Jong Il doesn't poop. He doesn't have a. He doesn't look like it. He doesn't poop. Looks like he's full of just hasn't shit in and, thirty and, years. But then he makes the point. He goes, but at least in North Korea you can fucking die and get out. Man. And and that's one of those things where when I when I see people talk about atheists, they try to politicize atheism instead of saying no. It's just the absence of religious belief. Right. The dogma, the stories, and so on and so forth. There's a great show called Expedition Unknown with Josh Gates. It's on uh, the Discovery Channel. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the only scientific shows on the Discovery Channel anymore. Right. It's like the Learning Sad. Channel. The Learning Channel, what are you learning about? Nothing. Yeah, they don't bother saying that anymore. Yeah, how to, uh, how to, how to, how to have a thousand-pound sister. Um, yeah. Go to Walmart. Yeah, exactly. Come on with one. Actually, what was funny is my wife went to uh, Walmart uh, last week dressed in her painting clothes. And uh, she goes, oh, my God, I really feel like I should go ahead and change. Said, Are you kidding? You're going to be the best-dressed person there. But he talks about in this, uh, this clip again that, no, atheism is not a religion. We, we don't pray to anything. We don't need your prayers. We, we, we can say, I'm, I'm thinking of you. I hope everything goes well. And we can mean it. You can be good without 
God. But Josh Gates More like thoughts and prayers. Was, do, was doing a special about the history of Moses. And he found so many people who supposedly have proof of Moses' existence. Mm. Oh, I'd love to see it. And he's like, okay, well, can, can we go inside the tomb? Can we? No, no. And the guy goes, no, no, no. This, this, you have to believe. Uh, you, 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 have, you have to believe. Okay. It's a matter of faith. It's faith. And it says right here on the inscription, this is where Moses is. So that's uh. okay with us. It's good for you. I don't trust, you know, you probably reach in, probably try and steal his, his femur or yeah. something. And I mean, they, they have found evidence of, of Semitic people who were actually in fairly high regard in the Egyptian culture before they supposedly left Egypt. Okay. So there's, there, there's plausibility and proof to a time when the Jews left mm-hmm. Egypt in mass. They can find evidence of that. It just doesn't right. necessarily line up with uh, Miriam's well from the Bible where Moses would strike a rock with his staff and the rock would bring forth water. I mean, where the fairy tale stuff comes in. Yeah, yeah, the talking snake and and that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit insane. So, uh, Carlin... Talk to me about Carlin's yeah, corner. you know, this is a little bit of a longer clip. It's, it's, and I'm sorry, I'm doing this. In That's what she said. Crude way. Hey, uh, but just talking about essentially the the act of prayer and how uh, you know what, what Christians, particularly the Catholics, Christians, whatever you want to say, really push it and and harp on it, and you just. So I worship the sun, but I don't pray to the sun. Know why? I wouldn't presume on a friendship. It's not polite. I've often thought people treat God rather rudely, don't you? Asking uh, trillions and trillions of prayers every day, asking and pleading and begging for favors, do this, give me that, I need a new car, I want a better job. And most of this praying takes place on Sunday, his day off. And it's no way to treat a friend. But people do pray, and they pray for a lot of different things. You know, your sister needs an operation on her crotch. Your brother was arrested for defecating in a mall. But most of all, you'd really like to fuck that hot little redhead down at the convenience store. You know, the one with the eye patch and the club foot. Can you pray for that? I think you'd have to. And I say, fine, pray for anything you want. Pray for anything. But what about the divine plan? Remember that? A divine plan. Long time ago, God made a divine plan. Gave it a lot of thought, decided it was a good plan, put it into practice. And for billions and billions of years, the divine plan has been doing just fine. Now you come along and pray for something. Well, suppose the thing you want isn't in God's divine plan. What do you want him to do? Change his plan? Just for you? Doesn't it seem a little arrogant? It's a divine plan. What's the use of being God if every rundown schmuck with a $2 prayer book can come along and fuck up your plan? And here's something else, another problem you might have. Suppose your prayers aren't answered. What do you say? Well, it's God's will. Thy will be done. Fine. But if it's God's will and he's going to do what he wants to anyway, why the fuck bother praying in the first place? Seems like a big waste of time to me. Couldn't you just skip the praying part and go right to his will? It's all very confusing. So to get around a lot of this, I decided to worship the sun. But, as I said, I don't pray to the sun. You know who I pray to? Joe Pesci. (laughs) Good old Joe Pesci. He can get shit done. So there was a a longer clip, and uh, he goes on to to really tie it up nicely about how Joe Pesci gets shit done. And and he's got about the same rate, 50-50 success rate, praying versus, uh, but just about, you know, how selfish it is, and also the going attacking the the fallacy 
and the logic that people try to use, I think, with praying is that oh, it's God's will if it if it doesn't work, but the power of prayer if it does. So there's the way to. Just... I have a friend. We'll call him Pete, mm-hmm. and uh, on Facebook, no less than every single day, there's some meme. All of your financial woes will be taken care of within 24 hours if you type Amen. All of your um, relationship issues will be solved in 24 hours if you just type uh, God bless. And he's the only one that seems to be responding to these things. So we had lunch a couple weeks ago. And I said, uh, you're buying. And he goes, what do you mean? Isn't it your turn? I said, no. All your financial troubles were taken care of last week because I saw you type amen. (laughs) So I know you can cover my 2139 here at Red Lobster. He goes, well, I said, I'm just asking you. I said, every single week, you're the first one to respond to these things. So why aren't you doing, what's, why do you keep doing it every week? Does it reset on Monday? All of your financial troubles will be taken care of in the 24 hours. Type in, boom, done. Next Monday, they're all back. Walk, talk, talk, talk me through this. Walk me through this. Mm-hmm. And if prayer worked, you and I would be multimillionaires. We wouldn't be doing a podcast with some flip video camera over in the corner. We'd have a camera crew in here. Yeah. We'd have a massively huge studio. Because yeah. if prayer was legal and it worked, we'd be at a casino right now. I th- and I'd be praying for 21 at the blackjack table. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if COVID didn't teach people that prayer doesn't work, I mean, it certainly didn't work for us. I mean, if that didn't teach anybody who, who was unsure that it does not work and that... There is no logic to it, and I don't know what would. I mean, on a global scale, the, the level of destruction uh, and the level that, of ignorance that furthered that destruction, I just never, uh, none of us have ever seen anything like it. So I, I hope that opens some people's eyes to the 50-50 answering of prayers when it comes to I mean, God my, or Joe Pesci. My back right now is jacked up. I've got to go get the, I had a spinal epidural done 11 years ago, and it lasted 11 years. I'm thrilled. Right. With I've been pain free at least in my back for that long. Got to go get another one. Problem on my back, more than likely a compound fracture in one of my uh, vertebrae. I'm not going to bore you with that. But if if I was a prayer, well, I'd be praying like hell. Right. But I got a funny feeling. I'm just going to go the spinal epidural route, and I think it'll be gone. Right. And that's the science that you know people again. If you if you're an anti-vaxxer because of religious reasons, then you can't be for an epidural or something. That is medical, that is scientific, that also gives relief or protection. You know, that's that's just a complete contradiction. It amazes so. me the number of people that go, well, I prayed on it, and, and look what happened. Yeah. Or somebody helped you. It, uh, well, that was that was God reaching out to them mm-hmm. and, and inspiring them to help me. That's what I mean. It's always a confirmation bias. It's to your friend to think yeah. that somebody wouldn't help you for no other reason except the threat. Of right. how much God loves you. Well, most Remember, of those types of... He loves you. Yeah, fear-based. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of fear-based, you better believe or else. And and then some of them carry that mentality into adulthood. And then you have those types of people who are just operating from a position of, uh, I don't want to go to hell. You better do this. You better be afraid. And they'll, they'll watch and, and they respond very well to the angertainment. Uh, Billy Crystal explained it best. He says, an angel showed up in my bedroom and... I just was in awe. I said, I've got to ask a question. I'm a huge baseball fan. Do they have baseball in heaven? And he goes, yes. 
And he goes, well, that's, that's, that's fantastic. That's good news. And the angel goes, the bad news is you're pitching on Thursday. <laughs> so everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go now. You right. know? Yeah. And have, have we thought about how short we, we are literally a grain of sand on a beach in the cosmic timetable? Fourteen and a half billion years our galaxy's been expanding and the universe has been. And our life is maybe 80 years. We're a grain of sand on a beach of time. So we have this little bit of time here. Yeah. And heaven is here. The love in, that we feel for our, our, our in our case, our wives, uh, in, in my case, some of my kids, um, the animals that I've had, my friends. And you know what? A good steak. I'm in heaven yeah. when I'm eating a good steak. I'm in heaven yeah. when I'm eating a big bowl of pasta. I feel good. Yeah. And, and, and I want to enjoy. I want to be. What do you. What do you. Uh, who do you pray to? Who do you worship? Just life and the planet yeah. and existence. People around you. The people and, you support. And friends getting to, getting to do a podcast. Yeah. And have fun. Make each, other, make each other laugh and maybe learn something along yeah, the way. Yeah. And, and that's it. And the things that bring you joy in life are the things that you should pursue. The type of milk that contains the most fat? Buttermilk. Buttermilk. We learn stuff <laughs> all the time. Well, that's going to take care of segment number one. We're going to be back with the Wheel of Ethnicity right after this short break. Hey everybody, Rob Smith here with the LST Podcast. Do you enjoy trivia? Do you have a favorite bar or restaurant that you like to play? If you're looking for something new and fun, consider Team Text Trivia. It's better than paper and pencil trivia, and we don't ask a bunch of questions that hurt your head, or people yell out the answer, which is, who cares? It's all about TV, movies, music, sports, general, and what's in the news today. You play directly from your phone, so there's no paper to worry about, and speed is the key. The faster you get your answers in, the more points you get. Fantastic for bars and restaurants. If you have a bar or restaurant you'd like to consider them to try Team Text Trivia, have them call 727-531-8880, and we'll get a booking, and you'll be able to come out and enjoy Team Text Trivia with us. Or visit them on the web at teamtexttrivia.com.
are back here at the Lighter Side of Dark uh, Season 7 episode, I think it's uh, 5 or 6. I've lost track. I always I lose track of everything. I lose track of what I have for breakfast. So, uh, 6 sounds great. Yep, Seven. sounds good. Just Love. check the Facebook page. It'll be on there. It'll yeah. be uh, There'll be a number and everything. Hey! Ow. It's time for the Wheel of Ethnicity with Sully Oak Smith. All right. So this should be interesting. All right, hopefully you guys can see this. It's legit. So uh, I'm going to spend first and figure out what ethnicity I will be, uh, will do it. All right, here we go. This is for me. I'm going to spend really, really hard here. Indian! Ah, how appropriate. Oh, okay. Oh, I would be able to just get it for the remainder of this segment. Okay. Time for you to spin the wheel now. Yeah. Right. Spin it hard. You <laughs> are Indian as well. Do you you want to spin again or we'll keep that? We'll just do a whole, the whole thing in Indian. Okay, okay. that's fine. Well, I guess okay. we might as well. So now we got to figure out a topic. All right. <laughs> we lost. We lost some of the wheel. Uh, talk, talk about Jews. No, we got... We got. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an ethnicity. We need a, we, that's an ethnicity. Yeah, I know. We this, got, we got, we got to find a topic. <laughs> this is the, the rough wheel. This this wheel is destroying the Back lights. to Jews again? <laughs> Jews. I'll try. Well, you, you try. <laughs> we could not rig this if we tried. I think, I think we got to talk about Jews. We got to talk about the Jews. Okay, we're going to do it. <laughs> You know what, Paul? This is God. This is God. We're, this is God's will. Is what this is. <laughs> I don't know how we did this. How this wheel has twelve ethnicities on it, and it. This was God's will. Man. I'm just telling you. God, I haven't seen you. Laugh. I haven't seen you laugh this much since they showed up at Mar-a-Lago. My God, did I need that? Oh my goodness! Two Indians talking about a bunch of Jews, like okay. the Jewish culture. I don't know what happened, but this is what you talk about. Where you, we were praying to Joe Pesci before the show instead of God or whatever it is. But um, so yeah, okay. Let's just go with it. We can't. You can't force something, right? <laughs> it's God's will. Okay, so we need we need a premise. Uh, dinner party. How about that? We're at a dinner yeah, party. Yeah, sure. So then, so we what are we just now that we're just analyzing? Just I guess we just go and it's just okay. So uh, I so, think we have to. So we're just a couple uh, Indian guys at a party, part of, and yeah. we look we look across the room, and we see basically the stereotypical Jewish guy, Mort Goldman, Mort Mort, from Mort. like Family Guy, that kind of stereotypical okay. Jewish guy. So yes, okay, okay, okay. Hey, very, very good to see you, oh, my it friend. Is, it is so good to see somebody of a similar culture so that I have someone to hang out with. I was under the impression that Albert only had one Indian friend, and you're you're here too, so I'm very happy to see you. Yes, yes, it is me, Sumir. You know, Sumir, you're a good buddy from the block down the road. The block down the road? Yes. Over by the place? Yes, over by the place. The okay. place we get the stuff. Around the corner from uh, the uh, that place we're not supposed to go to. Correct. Exactly. Yes, the Falafel Kingdom. Exactly. So, um, who is working at Falafel Kingdom? Is it Mohammed or Akbar? Akbar Tuesdays, Mohammed Thursdays. Okay, I make this is making a great deal of sense to me. Yes. Um, do you have uh, Do you have any current fizzy pop? I do not. That is why I came to dinner with you, and then we look Albert, up. Albert. Albert does have fizzy pop. I have one right here. 
I am drinking it, consuming it in front of you right now. How did you get your hand? I went to Albert and asked, do you have Vizipop? He says, I know you were coming. Is Albert of the Jewish persuasion? Well, if you look over your right shoulder, you will see a star of David as big as the one on the synagogue. He is not hiding the fact that he's a Jew. There he is right there. I cannot believe you're starting to sound like one of them. Have you been hanging out with no, Albert I, without I, me? Of course I have been. He is my accountant. Why would I not use a Jew for my accountancy? You're trying to assimilate into a culture that is not your own. Are you trying to tell me you're going to stop going to Falafel King now? I will not go to Falafel King until they begin using oat falafel because I am trying to be gluten-free. I cannot believe the developments. By the way, I saw your wife the other day. Yes, Beautiful yes. third eye. Thank Absolutely you. beautiful. The placement was right I in the center. Sometimes I've seen this woman yes. off center slightly. It's kind of like the lazy third eye. When it's she's, waving to one side. I'm glad you said that. When she's on her medication, she is more accurate with her hands. So, so the, I'm glad you noticed I would tell her. I will remember the, uh, the Jeff Dunham special, Peanut, when he said... She looks like she's recording me right now. Yes. <laughs> I cannot make this stuff up. That is a, that is so, a good joke. So uh, this, uh, this, uh, the woman that you have uh, for your wife, is she the, the third or fourth wife? She's the third wife. She's the fourth. She's soon to be the fourth. Well, I was Got your eye on a new one, I Correct. understand. Well, you know, you always have to, in, in my country, every five years, you have to add a hand to the, the hand. You know, he had the wife into the hand. Yes, because you're talking about the blue Indian god that's got all kinds all of... All of them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, I don't want I to... I think her name is Namibia. That sounds something. about right. That's like, perfectly fine to me. I've become so ingrained in American and now, just like you are with Jewish culture, that... Um, hey, listen, I because I have a Jewish friend, that does not mean that I don't eat pork. Love me some pork. Well, you know... You know what mixed emotions is for a Jew? Free pork. Well, that's... Yeah, that's true. No, I did. They were still eat it. If that I, is very true. If, if anything has shown me in this country. So how long have you known Albert and his lovely wife, Bernice? Albert and I go back five years. He would always come to my store. I went Falafel Queen, next door to Falafel King. Do you remember for four, for ten well, years? Well, I remember I told you to knock the wall out between the two buildings and make big space. But no, 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 not you. You like to have... The, the impression of this yes, empire. I own multiple businesses. You own two side by side, and one of them is, has a laundromat. I did not want to get the laundromat involved, but the county and all the red tape that I must go through, so the laundromat had to stay why, where it was. Why, Samir, why do you concern yourself with red tape? If you have Albert as your accountancy, he will find ways to... You know how so to use So you use Albert too? Yes, the Jews find a way to get around the red tape. Usually so now, involves money, but that's what they do. And this is what we need to understand about in this country, the Jews run, they run Hollywood and uh, many other things. Oh, the banking industry, that's the a stereotype, but it is absolutely true. How you find we? a Stein and a Berg on every board of directors. So, this is truth. So how, how do we get to be, uh, how do we get a piece of the, uh, of the, uh, Pie. Of the pie is that that's the that's American that's pie. pie. That's what bye bye American pie. pie. American so you pie. want a bigger piece of I the want pie? A slice that you want to be the one percent. I can tell Samir you are looking for one percent. I would settle for the top thirty, actually. But one sounds great. That one, is what one, I hear one about. Is that is what the the Kardashians. Yes, is that a Kardashian? I thing? believe that they have Indian in them. 
I'm just telling you, I know one Indian who would like to. I hope you would to. like to, yes. I would like yes. to. Oh, we made I it funny. I see we have the American exactly. senses of tensibility. Albert knows some of them, by the way. He does. He knows some of the Kardashians. Oh, I believe Not that. related to the ones in uh, in California, but there's a Kardashian in uh, Nebraska. There's a Kardashian in Nebraska? Absolutely. No relation, but he knows this person. So he tells people at the time, I know the Kardashians. Albert has a lot of connections for one of them. Well, he's Jewish. Of course Jewish he has connections. People. I'm learning more and more. I didn't more. want to talk about Jews, but the wheel of ethnicity made it, it happen. It made us, and we know, you know, I know a little bit, I know the... Once, you, twice, three times a Jew. There it is, right there. Yes. I, I cannot mean, make this stuff up. So do we invite him over, or do we just sit and talk about him and make fun of him? How would you like to invite him over to Falafel Queen and give him some true Indian food and then tell him our bathroom is broken? That, that, well, that's Thursday yes. at Falafel Queen, that so would I, be fun. I could give him a coupon for a free... Uh, the, the absolute truth. My friend Rob, you know the guy. Okay? Rob wanted to come. He wanted to sample Indian food. Brings a beautiful young lady with him one night. Yes. Her, her name was Elana. I cannot make this stuff oh. up. Beautiful woman. Very exotic sounding. Breasts like. equal to that of Sofia Vergara on AGT. Yes, those are very impressive. We're talking the northern hemisphere is quite pronounced. So yes. he brings her to this place. And I said, oh, you are my friend Rob. Here we go. I bring out uh, the amazing Indian food, the curry. It was yes. handmade. It was fantastic. Tandori, your your uh, second wife helped uh, prepare the meal. Yes, yes. And I'm telling you right now, within three to four minutes of him sitting down he was trying to find another place to sit down if you can follow the path I am trying to cut with this so machine. trying to say that he was not enjoying himself. He enjoyed himself but he didn't eat the food, he merely rented it and that's when I told him that the bathroom was broken the look on his face, classic I cannot believe he was so rude as to try to escape the situation. Oh, he was running very fast for his vehicle. But I will tell you, I asked him, I said, do you wear uh, boxes or brief? And he says, well, it depends. Oh, so, so you're saying yes, and then problem with incontinence. I noticed that. How many continents are there? Seven? I think there's seven, but I remember from, you know, I was educated. Oh, you meant the peeing and pooping that not, uh, are not under control. No, I don't believe they have a, a affiliation. <laughs> okay. Independent. So, so if you're having trouble peeing and pooping on Africa, you would be incontinent on a continent. Uh, I am very confused with the American way of languages. Perhaps I need to go back and study in the university. I will tell you something right now. Are you listening to me? Yes, I'm trying to. Would. Okay. The hardest word I've had a difficulty in would? learning would because would would, would you would, would you, you use wood for your wood fireplace or would you use charcoal? See my point? Are you trying to say is this the one where the one has a, like a silent L or some don't bullshit? Even, don't even There's get me some started. some bullshit. Don't even get me started with there. Because over there... Oh, yeah, which one? One of the, the, one of the going, 18 pronunciations, the spellings? There are going to be... Right, yes. They are going to be oh, I know. there. Mm. And they're going to have a, a good time while they're there. Yes, and what about an apostrophe? Maybe this one has an apostrophe. I don't... I have My daughter shops at that store in the mall. The apostrophe? Yes. Very nice store. Wonderful teeny bob clothes. It sounds, Absolutely. Okay, it sounds Absol like somewhere... I'm telling you right now. Just looking for research, you know, exactly. no reason to know. Suddenly you're Saturday. losing your accent. I've noticed you're losing your accent. You've been around Albert too long. You're starting to sound like an old Jew. I have... Well, you know, that was our... We were sent here to study the Jewish 
culture and the Jewish faith, and I feel like... No better than my friend Albert. I know. Did you see the, uh, the birthday candle thing he has on the wall over there? The birthday candle? This Thirteen th candles. It's always... He's always Is 13. it already that time of year? Yes. Absolutely. Is that December? There is something that has happened in December? Is this? Did you know, according to him, the biggest problem with his wife is men? Men oppose? So Menstruation? Men... Illness, this is more of the problem the with the with the worried my married white Jew, Jewish man is uh, they, they marry these menopausal women who do not want to have relations. With I can them. tell you something right now. Are you listening? I'm telling you I'm right now. To you know what a Jewish woman says when she has an orgasm? Yes. Oh, oh, oh my gosh! We've got to paint the ceilings. Now, why do they have in no pleasure gained from sexual? Do you proper? know why it is so hard to sell a Jewish woman's house? I do not no know. No kitchen and no bedroom. This is, I see, again, the problem with, uh, they are very expensive, these women who are Oh, Jewish. they are high maintenance, I'm telling you. But they will also tell you they are low maintenance, but they are high. That makes them the worst kind. That's a quote from Harry Met Sally. This is an American uh, romantic comedy movie I've seen when I first Absolutely. moved here. Absolutely. 1989 starring Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Oh, have you seen Meg Ryan lately? Oh, that plastic surgery, she got that from Wayne Newton's doctor. Oh, no. They all it's terrible. She looks like the Joker from Batman. This is something that I noticed. Americans, with Jewish actors and actresses too, also do this. They will get surgery on the face to make them look like a balloon, and I do not understand this. I do not understand. Meg Ryan was an adorable, cute white girl, and now she suddenly looks like uh, Jared Leto. And she is going to play the Joker. <laughs> yes, exactly. You yes. lost in there, didn't you? I almost. Well, Samir. You know, <clears throat> I sometimes I think back to, you know, my mother was a clown in India and she used to put on all the makeup. Oh, absolutely. She was funny. She would dance around. Oh. Did she paint herself blue and do the do the she, do the, you know, the Indian goddess? In some earlier sketch comedy, yes, she played the, you know, the Hindu goddess Shiva. Yes, it was. A I will tell you something right now. Are you using the right hand when you eat? Oh, because yes, oh, yeah, always the right hand. Oh, yes, you because do not you do not eat or drink with the left hand. I've been watching Albert. He's ambidextrous using both hands tonight. Ooh, yes. he would not go over in Bombay. I, Albert is the type of person... Mumbai, Mumbai, excuse me. Oh, it's now called Mumbai. It's now called Mumbai. Mumbai is beautiful, Mumbai. Uh, you know, for so many years, they thought it was called Bombay. Bombay, but you can't say bomb in the Middle East. Bombay, that is Big my... Mistake. That's my white person. Hey, are you going to Bombay? No, I believe we will be going. It's now called Mumbai. That is my neighbor. That's Tom. He's such an idiot sometimes. Oh, Tom is a douchebag at he times. He's like Bombay. Every time, every time I drive by his house, he goes, Thank you, come again. He does not realize that is very, very, very tender subject for you and I because that's what people say when they leave the store. You know, now that I have thought of it, I think Tom has a Star of David on his door this time of year coming up. Oh, he's a Stein or a Berg. I think my neighbor is also he's a, a, Stein or a, a Jewish person. A it, Stein, it is Thomas Steinberg, yes. It, it could be. This sounds like the name that might be associated with a Jewish person. You could go up and knock on the door and ask for a donation. No, they do not do that. And exactly. That's yes, kind of that's, my point. That is what I have seen. I, you know, bring you in and give you a class on how to run a 401c. Well, my niece once was a server, and so she used to work at the uh, Steinagar Deli over on 3rd. And uh, she waited on Tom uh, several times. I believe Tom and is I, of the Jewish oh, Jewish faith. Yes, Absolutely. The, the tipping was a bit of a problem. Does he have a big nose? It, uh, yes, it's got the hook. There's like, yes, ding, there's ding, ding. That's some, it. somewhat of a hook. Ding, ding, ding. That's the big nose. Just kind of a bump. It's not bad. I don't know why they keep getting the thing shaved off like all the girl actresses. Exactly. They shave it like a horn. It's why. Just leave it. In our culture, they shave other parts. Right. 
Exactly. Keep just, it simple. In the name of God. Don't, don't mess with the face. The face is there. The horn is there to fight off intruders. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Woo. Oh, sorry. Wow. We did that for the better part of uh, 15 minutes. I'm impressed. And uh, uh, the, wheel, the wheel of ethnicity, it, it landed on Jew three times. We got video proof of that. I hope, it, I hope it landed. I hope it took... I just, that's just... Our improv skills are... Uh, well, that was fun for us, at least. Yes, it was definitely fun for us. We'll do that every week and just have to figure out more more topics, more more, uh, more ethnicities, more and more. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Craziness, man. Absolute craziness. Uh, we have got uh, our next segment coming up. will be the music segment, Hall of Shame, uh, Hall of uh, whatever. Hall of something. Hall of something. So we're going to go ahead and get ready for that. We're going to be talking Richie Valens versus Phil Collins. I think, I think we said hell of shame, hall of shame. It's a shame these groups are in. It's a shame these groups are not in. That's what we decided since exactly. we couldn't go back and edit things. So we'll be back in a couple, guys. <laughs> This is Solio from The Lighter Side of Dark, and I want to talk about my favorite bakery in the whole world, Cuppy Cakes. If you live in the greater Tampa Bay area and you have a special event coming up, a wedding, birthday, getting off probation, I want you to give them a call, go to their website, check out their work. It is impeccable. They've been around since 2011, and they make the most incredible custom cakes you'll ever see www.ourcuppycakes.com or you can find them on Pinterest, Instagram, or Facebook. Check them out today. I promise you won't be disappointed. Cuppy Cakes, where life is sweet. Welcome back. And now to the second segment of the show where our hosts feature their vast musical knowledge. Uh, vast musical knowledge is right. Vast. Hall of Shame, Hall of Shame. Hall of Shame, Shame, Shame. So this one was actually brought to us by, <coughs> excuse me, one of our listeners who was complaining that uh, how could Richie Valens yeah. be in the Hall of Fame with two hit songs? Now, our logic for that was he was so unbelievably popular because he died so early. That's really it, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think that's the simple answer. Is it was kind of uh, it was romanticized because he died, or, or his, you know, he had zero number one hits. He had one top ten hit, which was Donna. La Bamba only peaked at number uh, twenty two. So as 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 much as we kind of you know they built the movie uh, of a story around that song because it's it's you know much more of a dance song, whereas Donna would be the ballad, obviously. Um, so you have a fast and a slow. But really, he, he wasn't around, unfortunately, he wasn't around long enough. Maybe the presumption is that he would have had many more hits. But I don't know if you can assume that. Even the longevity of artists during his time was not good. Right. And this is right before the Beatles came. This is about four, three, three or four years, if, if that. And... 
the Beatles. Such a turning point that you never know. Um, I mean, there was very few people bigger than Chubby Checker. Right. Or Fats Domino. And you never heard a peep or about that. Or Bill Haley and the Comets. Right. Or Danny and the Juniors. And God forbid, even Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Richard. Yeah. They had hits, but it lasted about three and a half years. Right. And then British Beatlemania. Then they would have been working county fairs. Who and just so many other. It just was an invasion and it's just a shift. Every every decade or so, you see a major shift, and and they would have made. He could have been. Talk about a depressing song. I know. Twenty three weeks peaked at number two, debuted in uh, November of nineteen fifty eight. This song definitely fit with the time. You can see why it it was popular. He was a girl he had a crush on in high school. His girlfriend. He's got a pretty weak voice, to be honest. I, I don't think he's got a very good voice. Maybe he's just a good musician. You know, this certainly. isn't even rock ballad. No, this is in between. So there you are, ladies and gentlemen, the entire top 40 history of Richie Valens. Not that we dislike Richie Valens. I just about said, it's not like I wanted to die in a plane crash. <laughs> Right, I've right. said that before. Holy crap. Um, and, and do you remember who was uh, supposed to be on the plane? Waylon Jennings, I yep. believe. Waylon Jennings. Now, did he, give, did he lose, did he lose a, uh, was it like a, a battery? Coin or, flip. A, a coin flip or a straw, something like that. Pulled a yeah. short straw, something like that. Coin flip. Boy, yep. imagine that. Literally having your life decided by losing a coin flip. Uh, I wonder what the survivor's guilt must have been. For something like that. Sadly, true story. Waylon Jennings. Uh, somebody made a joke about. Uh, I hope you freeze your balls off in that bus. He's. Well, I hope your plane oh, crashes. That's right. They actually oh, said that. Oh my God. And I know they were both just busting each other's chops. But oh, that's got to be awful. So uh, Richie, Richie should uh, should not be in. Wow. I don't know if the mics picked that up. But Thunderclap. That's what shut off the uh, video camera, so we're good now. Uh, <laughs> all right, we can get back to our <sighs> relaxed positions now, but we got some good footage. So anyway, yeah, lightning just uh, just struck near the studio here, uh, and uh, I think I peed a little. Oof, that, that was time. a... I wake you up. So, yep, I'm telling you what. Who is not in the Hall of Fame, but should be? Remake, but a good remake. Yeah, Mr. Phil Collins. Well, he was true to the original, and that, and I think that's key with a good remake. Oh, this is a, this is a rough, rough one to get through. This is a, you go through a breakup and you listen to this, you better be alone. My first wife, the one that was murdered. This was the song that was kind of our song. Oh, my God. Lightning again. Here comes another clap of thunder, y'all. I have uh, definitely, definitely cried uh, my share of tears to this song. I don't know what it just just captures, captures it. Seven number one hits. Seven number ones not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, not yet. I can imagine it coming. Maybe the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is listening to us now. (laughs) <laughs> right, seriously. Yeah. Olivia's got to be going in, right? She's coming, coming up soon. Billy 
Billy, don't you lose my number. How high did this one get? I'm going to check. He had so many. 27 songs on the top 40 chart, 14 top 10 hits. This had to be one of the top 10. Let's see where it There it is. Okay, so released in July of 85, Don't Lose My Number, peaked at number four, and it was 18 weeks on the chart. Don't Lose My Number, one of one of 27 charting songs. But, when, by you're, charting, we, but when you're thinking Phil Collins. The song about the stutterer. The stutterer. The song that empowered stutterers everywhere. Susu Studio. That's all, folks. Did Porky Pig ever cover this? He should have. God didn't like that Jewish thing we did. Or Nimbus clouds with a high pressure system collided with uh, cumulus clouds at a lower. Maybe that could be the scientific reason. You know, it could be the Lord working in his mysterious ways. Studio, by the way, number one for a week. 17 weeks on the chart. That debuted May of 1985. It was a rock y song. Definitely. Two weeks at number one. One more night. 18 on the chart. Still came out February of 85, right before Valentine's Day. So you can see where that timing worked out. God, so many songs. So this many. Guy's not in the freaking Hall of Fame. Not yet. Always good percussion, because he's a drummer by trade. Yep, that's true. I mean, in the air tonight, you know, legendary, slow, but legendary drum solos. And if you like Earth, Wind, and Fire, then you would definitely like this song, because it's Philip Bailey and Philip Collins, Easy Lover. Number two, it peaked at 84. November of 84, this came out, duet. And uh, 23 weeks on the chart, so it was on for a while through the holiday season. Another good percussion track here. Take Me Home, Phil Collins. Seven weeks, I'm sorry, peaked at seven, 16 weeks on the chart. March of 86, Take Me Home, another top 10 hit. God's not a fan of Phil Collins right now. God is, I don't know if they can hear it on the mic, but the, the, the wrath of the lightning outside of our studio like is my grandma, my grandma on the, uh, my uh, father's side of the family used to always say, uh, that's, that's God and the angels are, are bowling. <laughs> that's what that is. God and the that angels sounds, are bowling. I, I, could, I could see that. I was hoping the wheel of ethnicity was going to give me a land on Christians. I was looking forward to it. Well, we have next week, I think, to I explore I think we it. absolutely <laughs> Probably my least favorite Phil Collins song is this one, because it's a remake. It's groovy kind of love. Yeah. Let's see where it, where it stood on the charts. Who did the original for this? It was, it was late, 60s, it. late 60s. Late uh, 60s. I'm going to check that, and then I'll give you the stats on groovy kind of love, his version. The Mindbenders. Okay. The Mindbenders. So... Obviously, most people know Phil Collins' version. It uh, This was one of his number one. It spent two weeks at number one in September of 1988. Uh, and it was on the chart for 25 weeks. So that was on there for a while. 
one of his late 80s hits. He really has had hits all throughout the 80s and 90s and into the 2000s too with Tarzan. Almost like the beginning of this song. The keyboard part. He has a lot of good intros. Another Day in Paradise. Let's see where this peaked. He has one of the most uniquely recognizable voices. We talked about that. Stevie Nicks, Peter Cetera, yeah. Phil Collins. She calls out to the so this was on... Uh, this is number this one for four weeks. It was, was from a soundtrack, if I remember correctly. I don't remember that, but I, we can verify that. November of 1989 is when it hit the charts. Debuted on the charts. And it was uh, number one for four weeks. Here's a happy song by Phil Collins. So number one for two weeks was Two Hearts. November of 88. Much more upbeat tempo. It's a fun, fun one. I wish it would rain down. Lesser known, but still, I believe, a top 40 hit. Yes, it was actually a top 10 hit. Peaked at three. This was his uh, first hit in 19 in the 1990s, actually February of 1990. 17 weeks on the chart, and it did peak at number three. So we were starting to slide into some of the more depressed. Yeah, it's sad when rock and rollers only end up doing ballads. Brian Adams used to be a rocker, then he became a balladeer. Ballad only. Kenny Loggins was a rocker, then Air, he became balladeer. Aerosmith did the same thing. Same exact thing. Aerosmith Arf. did Aerosmith did just sell records. But, yeah, right. I guess that's the goal. Right? I guess so. Foreigner, they all did it. Even, even Cool the Gang did it. That's just the way it is by Phil Collins. Sad, sad, sad. I don't see it. Doesn't look like that was one of his. Alright, we'll stop. Top 27. I mean, he only had 27. Something happened. Something happened on the way to heaven. On the way to heaven. Peaking at number four, spending 22 weeks on the chart, debuting in the summer of 1990 so he started off the year with the depressing i wish it would rain and then by the summer well this i guess this, i guess the message is depressing but it's an upbeat tune <laughs> so it's kind of weird God, there's so much phil collins here this may be one of our more lopsided hall of shames one of the one of the jokes my wife and I have anytime we go anywhere, whether it's a thrift store or a grocery store, and she she hates Phil Collins. She he, he comes on the radio anytime we go anywhere together, and she just looks up and it's like, oh my god, and it's like she follow he follows her around. Now I know why, because he has a hundred songs. You can't escape Phil. Now, about this song, your preference, the original or his version. Cindy Lauper had the big hit with it. Oh, 
Oh. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm not familiar with his version. But it's charted. Definitely, the tempo is more digestible. Though, as great as Lauper's version is, it's so heartfelt and and like it's a little slow. So this is, I think, the better tempo. His, his is kind of like a Michael Bolton cover. A little bit. Just, yeah. He just took the basic I, and bumped it up. And a I lot. think it's just maybe a little too fast, in my opinion. Maybe he could have slowed it a bit. But I think of Cindy Lauper like another sad song, but a, a faster tempo is Time After Time, whereas I, I think True Colors is a little little edging toward dreary. I, I don't like to use that word for what I think is a, is a beautiful song. If you bought song. the 45, it came with a razor blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a little bit. It was like beautiful, but, but dreary. Like a rainbow. Like, like, like a rainbow. That's in the lyrics of the oh, song. Right, yeah, right. Beautiful like a rainbow. Beautiful like so, a rainbow. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just Like rainbows, probably... and, rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> This one. Certainly this will be here. Let's see. I'm assuming now, this I, I Now, I DJed a wedding 15 years ago. And it was awesome because the intro for them was this song. Wow. You know, this did not hit number one. We had two fog machines by the door. And this part of the song was playing. And I was slowly bringing up the volume. Oh, for the drum intro. And then we turned on two strobe lights. So there was a flash of light and a flash of light. And then flash, flash. And then the, the fog started filling it up. That's pretty And I timed the intro. I timed the intro. Trying to get it set here. I know, it's long, it is long before the drums kick in. God, this is taking forever. <laughs> so, so, so it was like... Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in public, Mr. and Mrs. Tom Selleck. You know, yeah, yeah, they came in. The crowd was going nuts. I'm Great intro. I'm impressed that it was Tom Selleck Great that intro. he got to introduce. That's the, my favorite part. Tom's is Magnum P.I. And I hope TC was there. Do you know that's how Lex Luger got his name, the wrestler? From, uh, From Magnum. Really? He said the most popular TV show in the mid-80s was Magnum. Okay. So he said, well, I want my wrestler name to be like, like, Luger. Like a gun. The German version of a gun. Interesting. And so then he went with the so, Superman play. Yeah, and he said, and, and Lex Luthor was a, a villain, great so name. I want to be Lex Luger. That's like the best idea he ever had. He couldn't really do much of anything else. He His had the real look. name was like Larry Prohl or something. Yeah, right. right. Larry Prof, Proft or Prohl or Pro, something. Uh, Pro, Lex is, Luger. Something like that. Yeah. You could see why he maybe went for the... It, it was a great name. You call Separate Lives. Great song. Absolutely great song. And I know it charted. I know it charted. It did. It was number one for one week only. Yep. October of 85. But it did stay on the chart for 21 weeks. God, depressing ass song. Basically about a divorce. He has a few of those depressing ones. So. I keep this one on my autoplay on my phone just in case this marriage doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. 
just in case, or if my track record holds up. Do I feel it's always good to have things on cue. As a DJ, you have the, 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 the preparedness is key. Separate lives. You Who sang this with him? It was Marilyn Martin. Marilyn Martin was old name. Marilyn Martin, Mr. and Mrs. Martin's daughter. Right, Gr- yeah. great song. Who could forget? Great song. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, literally two songs that were just okay versus over twenty songs that had major notoriety, major airplay. How many records has he sold himself personally? Yeah, let's see. I have his for those of you that don't know, he was the drummer for the group Genesis where Peter Gabriel was the lead singer of Genesis. When Peter Gabriel left to pursue his solo career, they auditioned over a hundred lead singers to take Peter Gabriel's place. And Peter Gabriel (laughs) reached out to the band and said, why don't you let Phil sing lead? Let him audition. And they're like, are you kidding me? He's the drummer. Let him. And that was... It, it is odd because it, for, for whatever reason, a drummer wasn't expected to carry vocals, which I, I kind of get you wouldn't expect that because you just want him to be so laser-focused on, on laying down. I got two the, words the for you. Don Henley. Absolutely. Fantastic drummer, but yeah. better lead vocalist. For, for whatever reason, they they just never get as much of a, of a fair shake. Maybe they don't typically want the role. It could just be a personality thing. They just like to, to slam and, and bang away. If you watch the video... Of Hotel California, mm-hmm. perform live. Yeah, Don Henley sings lead and while, dr- oh, while, while drums. Yep, yeah. he's what those, those are the, probably the two best examples I can think of of current popular big selling artists that that drum and play. Speaking of sp- selling, uh, so Phil Collins solo has sold in the U.S. thirty four point five million albums, but worldwide a hundred and fifty million. Yeah. So that's so the you, key. You got a guy. International. Here's deal. a guy. 150 million records sold. Yeah. Versus Richie Valens, who I'll bet you barely sold a million copies. Let's that's, you know. That's a bet. I'll take that bet all freaking day. I'm going to find out right now, Richie. While well, I have the uh, info machine up, and the, I'll just replace Phil Collins. How many albums? Boy, it's even hard to find that information. It's it's not even at the top of Google. While we're waiting. Dance into the light. Phil Collins. Great song. Coming your way on WLSD. It's 3.37. Temperature outside, 86 degrees with rain. Here at WLSD. So, Donna... Coupled with La Bamba, I didn't realize the final, his, it was a double A-side, I guess. It was the last record to be released in his lifetime, sold over one million copies. But it took, it took like the combo of, of those two yeah. just then. And so, yeah, barely a, barely a million, really. And he just didn't get a fair shake, but it's insane. I, I think it's fair to say he's in because of the tragedy. It's, it's and, and for you people who, who act like we, we don't like Richie Valens, you know, screw yourself. No, no. We had nothing against Richie Valens. We didn't want anybody to die before their time. The kid was barely, I don't even think he was 20 years old. Yeah, it's, uh, and Buddy, Buddy Holly had he was more, 17 when he died. Buddy Holly had more notoriety at that kid. time with a lot more hits. Yeah. And, uh, the Big Bopper won. I think that's what it, it it's, that's what 
uh, it's easy to forget he was he was a child. So for him to have hits like that at age 16 and 17, they probably projected great things to come because it's, it's pretty prodigious to be writing chart-topping hits at that age. Let's face it. He didn't write La Bamba, though. Oh, he didn't write. Okay. Okay. La Bamba was a Mexican folk song. Gotcha. So O'Donna, when he, that had, was he and more, his brother Robert went down to Tijuana, gotcha, and got drunk and got tattoos, and he heard <laughs> he heard La Bamba being played by a, basically a mariachi, a mariachi band. band. That's and, more like it. And 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 I don't want to say he stole it, but appropriated it. Yeah, within, appropriated within, within his own culture. A lot of musicians do that, whether it's their own culture or not. But uh, if you listen to any. If you like Piggy or if you like Ice Cube, you can just listen to the Isley Brothers and you'll hear that mm-hmm. in their music. It all goes back to James Brown. It all goes back to James Brown. Hardest working man in show business. So there you have the uh, Hall, of, Hall of Shame version this week. Tell us what you think on uh, our Facebook post this week because it'll be uh, Ridgie Valens versus uh, Phil Collins. I think the winner. I'm holding up Phil Collins' arm right oh, yeah. now saying uh, that's you are the winner, Phil. Um, and, of course, you you're, you got to be good for South Park to make fun of you. <laughs> you, you've made something of yourself if they're going to spend precious airtime and writing hours uh, making a satire of you so absolutely well that's going to take care of uh, this segment we're going to be back with our Mount Rushmore segment right after uh, these words and it will be uh, movies that the uh, sequels were better than the originals I've got a few in mind I'm sure you do as well Couple. you're listening to the LSD podcast with Solio and Smith I am Smith my name's Solio we'll be right back in conversation the other day we were talking about our favorite game shows from back in the day well guess what you can have your own game show right now not only the comfort of your own home but for a social event and gathering hey everybody it's rob smith with the lsd podcast here to talk to you about game show party real live tv style game shows brought to you where you get to be the contestant all your favorite game shows like family feud pyramid the dating game the really wet game match game and jeopardy all of those are available all you have to do is go to the website gameshowparty.com there's videos pictures you can look at maybe you want to use game show for a fundraiser just a private party at home or what a fantastic way to get everybody at your company together for some morale boost and team building so again you can call 727-531-8880 visit the website at gameshowparty.com for more information i've seen these guys in action it's an absolute blast so give them a call 727-531-8880 hey everyone it's solio from the lighter side of dark let's be honest 2020 has not been a lot of fun so far and we could all probably use some laughs when i need some laughs my favorite place in the world to be is at side splitters comedy club in tampa florida live stand-up comedy every wednesday through sunday night nationally touring acts there's even acts you've probably never heard of that are hilarious if you've never seen a live stand-up show i want you to go they are so much different in person and they are so much better you feel the energy you really feel like you're part of something special sidesplitterscomedy.com you can get your tickets online you can pick out your seats online so you can sit wherever you want if you want to be in the back because you're afraid that's fine you can do that go to sidesplitterscomedy.com and grab your tickets today this is christopher walken and i want to tell you you're listening 
currently to the lightest side of dark podcast side splitters comedy club presents our mount rushmore segment where paul and rob talk about the top four in any number of categories and themes any number of categories and themes uh this week's mount rushmore is movies where the sequel was better than the original better than the original not too many but there's there's enough to warrant some some difficult discussion and uh i think it's valid so all right uh you want to go first i'm ready if you're not um go yeah go, you go oh we got to talk about who's at the split split i'm this sorry week, i completely right. forgot about that sorry about right. that side split no worries joe machi joe uh finished fourth on season eight of nbc's last comic standing um he's been on conan he's been on jimmy fallon um he is on comedy central's roast battle He's been on a bunch of stuff. He's won uh, New York Underground Comedy Festivals in 2010. So he's been uh, around for about 10 years, a uh, solid career uh, as being a, a, a headlining comic. So Joe will be here this weekend through Sunday. Come on out. Say hey. Joe Machi, huh? Yes, indeed. All right, well, I want to start off the uh, Mount Rushmore with a movie where the sequel was better than the original. See if you recognize this voice. You are in a position to demand nothing, sir. I, on the other hand, am in a position to grant nothing. What you see is all that remains of the ship's company and crew of the Botany Bay. My room here, 15 years ago, by Captain James D. Kirk. The Wrath of Khan. Khan! The Wrath of Khan was... Uh, now, the original Star Wars movie, though it was good, uh, about, the, about the finding the, the Voyager probe. Star Wars, the motion picture, I believe, yeah. was the uh, full yeah, title. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> uh, Star Wars was so successful, they, they restarted sorry, Star Trek, I mean, the Star Trek franchise based on how successful Star Wars was, though. Um, right, yes. Yeah. And uh, and Wrath of Khan was uh, Ricardo Montalban as uh, as Khan, and it was just the the dynamic between he and Kirk. It was just a much better movie. Just a great villain. Yeah, he, he, it's so important to a movie to have a great antagonist. When when people go back to like talk about Die Hard, oh, it's a classic. It's a great Christmas movie, great action movie. You know, there's a lot of reasons why I think it's a it's a it's a fun movie and a and a good movie and an interesting action movie. Maybe not the type of action movie you'd see because they did not want Bruce Willis, and that's he um, was not an acclaimed no he action was, he star was a by a long lady. shot. But he was the right choice for the role. You know, that was pretty much his best. That was his his best. Yippee Kaye Kaye motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, that one Die Hard one, but Hans Gruber as the antagonist in that was so phenomenal. And it just elevates the movie to another level. Do you think? Do you think it's the villain with the accent? I think that adds to the to the creepiness and the the. It's an arrogance or a hubris that that comes along with it that you want to be like. Did you, you. Did, do you do you notice that any any movies done for period pieces, it's all British. Right. They're Roman. They speak right. with a British accent. They're Greek. They speak with a British accent. The accents are very important. Uh, when I was working with uh, Carnival Cruise Lines many years ago, I asked a question. I said, how come all of your... And he goes, I know what you're going to say before you... He goes, all cruise directors are either from Great Britain, Australia, or South Africa. They want that British accent 
but they want to still have a good command of the English language. Because most of the people on the cruise ships are going to be Americans, so they don't want someone with a French accent, just harder to understand, or someone that is Russian as the activities person. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So they've got to have that British accent, because that way the Americans go, oh, I love this guy's accent, I better listen to what he has to say, he's British. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, so the sounds, villains... Sounds more distinguished. And Ricardo Montalban and Kirk, they just, you know, in each other's faces right. in that movie. A great, a great counter... They were great counterpoints to each other, and, and it, it just... It, it adds a level of trauma and heightens your your layer of give-a-shit about things when you have a great antagonist like Ricardo Montalban. So I think... And I, think I will tell you, have you ever... Have you, did you uh, ever binge-watched Picard? Uh, no, I have not. It's a spoiler alert. I'm going to warn you, people. Yeah. If you're watching Picard, second season, it's been out for two years. I don't know why you'd be watching it now. But at the very end, the genetics guy takes out a file, and it says, The Con Project. At the very end. Right. So it's like that timeline starting to come together. Right. Finally, the, there's a that, link. At that point. Which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, because the project, the Botany Bay, that was the genetic people that made Con, was found and then marooned on the island 15 years ago by Captain James T. Kirk. Yeah. And then found again by Kirk later when Khan comes back to life, but yet Picard is 75 years after Kirk. I would be so, so they're going to have to find some way to... Yeah. I'd be so nervous to write... The earth. Yeah, I'd be so nervous to write any lore for a Star Trek or a Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. Any, anything you with so, so many things you got to tie in. Exactly. And you know super fans will jump on you in a heartbeat if you get one little thing off... And then you've got to have, like, a justification ready for it. So it's got to be a nightmare. It's the blessing and the curse of being such an incredibly popular franchise is you've got these crazy lunatics like us who notice a little detail and are like, these idiots, how could they miss that? Like yesterday, the whole plantain and banana thing. So Right, you know, yeah. exactly. Oh You're my wrong. God. Plantains are bigger than bananas. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Go sit at the bar and I complain from there. I don't know what there. porn you've been watching. But all right, so we definitely have Wrath of Khan was better than the original Star Trek. Yes. I'm going to let you take care of the next one. I'm going to go with Terminator 2. Ah, oh, good choice. Judgment Day. 1991. It took any, everything that, that was interesting or good about 1985's original Terminator was sort of taken to the next level. Three billion human lives ended on August 29th, 1997. The survivors of the nuclear fire called the war Judgment Day. They lived only to face a new nightmare, the war against the machine. Are you Sarah Connor? Come with me if you want to live. Yeah. I think um, one of the most interesting things and one of the greatest parts of, again, going back to antagonism, uh, Robert, uh, his, what's his name, the, the, the actor that played the antagonist, the, the bad Terminator. Oh, he also played um, uh, Johnny Cash's dad. Yeah. In I Walk the Line, great character actor. And I'm trying to, I, 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 I got to pull up his Yeah, pull up his name. He's a great character actor. We ought to do a Mount Rushmore of character actors. People that every that, that would know the actor by his face, but not, not by the name. Robert Patrick. Okay. Makes so sense. Robert Patrick's portrayal as the villainous Terminator, in this case, you know, if you know the original, you know that Arnold is the villain in the first one. The plot premise of the second one is uh, he is no longer the villain. You know, he was popular. Back. You kind of wanted to root for him anyway. So they just made him the guy, and then they made a new villainous Terminator. But the really one of the really interesting things, besides 
the great post-apocalyptic sci-fi world they build is how he acts almost like a predator, Robert uh, Patrick, in the way he approaches it. His movements are very, very... Uh, he's very deliberate and quick. The way he loads a gun, the way... You know, I was, I was doing... Uh, he gets half his face blown off and he's still shooting. Yeah. You gotta love this guy. He has the ability to capture a predatory robot in a in a in a few, like a way that Arnold did a great job, I thought, with the Terminator in the original. I know he gets made fun of, but it's not as easy to play a robot as you might think. He captured nuances like not you know, not looking when he's loading his ammo, because a robot would have to do that. They would know it's program. Mm-hmm. So he knew to not do stuff like he didn't he didn't look down at the motorcycle thing. He knew to do things that were robotic. Robert Patrick also did, but in like a turbocharged way. It's if you if you watch the movie, look for the details in the way he plays the character, and it's there's it's a trick. There's a trick question in the, in that movie. How did they kill the Terminator in Terminator Two? Everybody says the liquid nitrogen, and that wasn't how they killed it trying to think of the I, I do have a vague memory like they shot him and they dipped him in because there was then, an explosion near the liquid nitrogen right and it started melting the pieces and they all came together and he formed again they ended up pushing him into a vat of heated molten metal right. that's how they killed him right that's what i was picturing like the vat almost like how the joker in the original batman goes into the toxic voice and becomes the joker uh yeah he gets speaking of waste melted. that was a waste to do that to harley quinn Margot Robbie is just like amazingly hot. Yeah, don't cover her up. And 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 her in Suicide Squad, what a fantastic role. I mean, I just wish they hadn't made her up so weird. Right. She's she's hot. Not I mean, I, I, I saw her in Wolf of Wall Street. Wow. Now you're talking. Oh my god. So yeah, we definitely got to have uh, Terminator Two is better than the original Terminator. Yeah. The original Terminator will will stand it's on a, its own yeah, very well. Great movie. But uh, when they, uh, yeah, that guy was just badass. And, and I just, again, I think it shows the importance of a strong antagonist. And I, going back, he holds up so well as an antagonist because I, I, the whole thought of, oh, it's, such a, it's just a robot. Well, how do you make it interesting then? If you're just a robot, how do you make that interesting and believable? And both of them did it in their own ways, in interesting ways and in different ways. So I think for that reason, it stands as a... The third one on the Mount Rushmore, at least where I where I come from, um, we have already touched on it. The original Star Wars was great, but Empire Strikes Back so absolutely incredible for a sci-fi movie. Yeah, Luke, I am your father. And you know, at the time, I know the fans, when that movie came out, and people forget it was it's a long time, I think it was 1980, I want to say, The Empire Strikes Back, uh, they, were, they were upset because it ends on a real, you know, you hope there's a third coming, you, you figure there is, but there's no internet yet, there's no spoilers, you may have heard rumblings that Lucas wanted to do a third, but you didn't know for sure. We've been hearing about Avatar 2 for a decade. Right. So at the time, you have to remember that fans were left with, oh man, the bad guys won. That sucks. Luke gets his fucking arm chopped off and That's Darth terrible. Vader wins. What the hell is happening? So the fans, I don't think, were very happy, but it's a much better movie. I just love the episode of Family Guy where they're, Peter's walking out of the theater and they're everybody waiting in line to see it. He goes, yeah, who would have thought? Darth Vader's Luke's father. They're all like, oh, you 
Yeah, right. great. Yeah. And I love the parodies that they did on Family Guy. Yeah. You know. Right. Just something, 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 dark side. Hey, yeah. it's a trap. Right, just the quotable stuff. But yeah, and those are some of the other reasons. Is the, the, the Finally, we, we learned the major twist in Empire, which is that Vader says, he actually says, no, I am your father. Yes. Uh, a lot of people say, Luke, I'm your father. But he goes, you, actual, he, he, he told me, Obi-Wan told me, you killed my father. No, I am, I am your father. father. And then that, just that moment, you know, at the time, again, it's a trope now, putting in a twist like that. But at the time, that really hadn't been done. Certainly hadn't been done in a, in a cowboy star, sci-fi flick. So... Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. There we go. There it is. There's the proof. He There's just, the clip. He never says, Luke, I am your father. He says, no. No. I am your father. But people want to put an identity to the quote, so they say Luke instead of no. And there is how the effect of misquoting movies, just like Play It, Sam. Was never said in Play it again, Play It Again, Play It, Sam. That's a commonly mis- misappropriate. Anyway, off track. But So yeah, I think the uh, the big three so far are, are absolutely positively there. Uh, Wrath of Khan, better than the original uh, Star Trek. Terminator 2, better than Terminator. And Empire Strikes Back, better than the original Star, Star Wars movie. Um, I've got a fourth one here. Uh, it may be, may be hard to argue, but our fourth one always is up to debate. Yeah. I, I think, Leave the gun. I think that's the answer. Take the cannoli. To me. Godfather 2, to me, was, was just a fantastic movie. Um, the, the Godfather movie itself was massively popular. Yeah. Um, and it was America's first real dalliance into the mob, I think. Right. People knew about it. They whispered it about it. It was still a bit of an old wives' tale, or there was that mystique. It was never glamorized. Correct. That's a good way to put it. That was the first... Like how Soprano took that to another level when they made the series. If it wasn't for The Godfather... With the surprise, you know, they took so, so many cues from The Godfather. They they sort of created a genre, um, and I think it's pretty widely regarded as a as a better uh, movie than the original. Which yes. is it's hard to find those where where there's agreement, gen, a general consensus. There's always going to be those dissenting hipsters like, actually, here's why the original is better, but. Cinematically, well, the second movie was appropriating all of the good stuff. From the past, yeah. there's always a contrarian. Yeah, but um, again, I think you have to look at the narrative and and when sequels either learn from the first one or learn how to paint more of a picture than they did in the first one, or maybe there's more quotable lines, not on purpose, but just some of those lines that really resonate. I mean, Pacino really established himself in Godfather Two. Yeah, where he was, he was an unknown when he was cast anyway. Yeah. So they took a took a risk on him. You know, really, I think Coppola really, uh, really wanted him. Um, and then by the second one, he was kind of had his stride. Um, so sometimes that's part of it. Is an actor is like in their prime now, and yeah. maybe they found the right role for the right actor at the right time, the right level of of impact in the story. That's always a factor. You can't 
predict until the movie releases. Yeah, I watched uh, one, two, and three one Sunday afternoon. Okay. Several years. It's a long ago. afternoon. I think. Yeah, I think it was. I might have been been during COVID. They were. It was on HBO. Boom, 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 and I I hit the DVR. And uh, watched all three of them in sequence. It was the first time I've, I'd ever done that. And there were there were some things that felt a little disjointed. I would imagine so. When you watch them back to back, but when they were separated by two and three years. And three um, was quite a... I think it was about ten years, if I'm not mistaken. It was like mid-80s. I think Godfather 3 was like the 90s, I want to say. Was it? Because I thought it was like 87 or 88. Well, let me, Mid-80s, I, I, I thought. Let's see, because I remember people being like... 1990. Okay, so we're... Uh, 72, 74, 1990. That's yeah. a big jump. That's I can imagine jump. as many... Yeah, they had time to think about loose ends, but you know, there had to have been a, a, like a weird feeling of a disconnect. Now, great mob movies, The Irishman. I'm still watching that because it's still going. <laughs> was that three something? Yeah, I, I mean, think they should have done. Titanic episodic. is looking at that movie and going, "Yeah, you went a little too yeah. far." They should have released it like forty-minute episodes, six minute, uh, six a six-set miniseries, exactly. Yeah. And not and the thing that gets me is that was even a popular way to do things then because people like to binge watch, but don't force them to watch everything at once. Give them the option, and then maybe let people talk about it a little bit more. I, I think they just was that Netflix that did it. Or was yeah, it, I think it was Netflix original. Another example of them bungling uh, a home run, which should have been a home run. Yeah. Not that the movie was terrible by by all accounts, but it was long. Gee, I wonder what the fix for that would have been. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, make it a make it a six set uh, miniseries and make each one ten minutes longer. They could have done that. It's exactly. not like not like Hollywood can't uh, can't do that. You could always find a stopping point, an editing point to end an episode. You know, where they would go to commercial if they were going to commercial. So. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I can tell you I've got a, a few honorable mentions. Um, and one of them is, is, a, is a comedy movie. And maybe, okay. maybe I've mentioned this on the podcast. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, was a great movie. I mean, Jim Carrey in his prime. All the faces, all the physical comedy that goes along with that character. But Ace Ventura 2... When nature calls, at least in this particular guy's opinion, yeah. a much better and funnier movie. You remember the sequel better than I do, so I'm going to pull up the, the, the rating of Rotten Tomatoes for both just to see what America thinks. Because it's been a while now since I've even seen the original. So according to IMDb, the original Ace Ventura has a 6.9. Rotten Tomatoes, a 48% which is really not that, that big for as big of a hit as it was, uh, and 37% on Metacritic. So just, just a few different sources. I'm going to check, too, to see if, if it compares, according to them. 6.4 on IMDb, so that's comparable. Rotten Tomatoes is a little lower, 21%, uh, and they don't have a, a, another. But comparable according to the, the ratings. So, Alrighty then. So you... Uh, <laughs> right. The first one wasn't, I guess, didn't do as well as I thought. I, I thought I remember it getting more praise. Really? I, I really do, Ace. I do. I remember kids quoting that all the time around me. Like, damn. It was. I mean, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, fantastic movie. So do, do not go in there. So do you have a, a favorite scene from the sequel that stands out as, or a couple of scenes yes. that that kind of paint the the, the picture of? When, when, when Ace Ventura is being introduced to the native uh, uh, tribe, yes. 
they have a phrase which is like welcome and it's Bamba Weachuna. And this is what he says. Ace Ventura, pet detective. How are you this afternoon? All righty then. No, that's not it. I'm sorry. Is this the Bumblebee no. Tuna? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this is it. This is it. Ace Ventura, pet detective. Oh, man, it's, it, it's, it's, it's mislabeled. All righty then. all but, the time. But he walks up and goes, he walks up and goes, uh, Bumblebee Tuna? Yeah. Bumblebee Tuna. All righty then. Bumblebee Tuna? That was quoted a lot, too, I should say. Now that, now that you mentioned that one, I forgot that was from the Hi, I'm looking for Ray Finkel and a clean pair of shorts. What do you know about Ray Finkel? Soccer style kicker, graduated from Collier High, June 1976. Stetson University Honors graduate, class of 1980. Holds two NCAA Division I records, one for most points in a season, one for distance. Former nicknamed the Mule, the first and only pro athlete ever to come out of Collier County and one hell of a model American. And I love it when he uh, ends up uh, coming in contact with uh, Captain Einhorn. Hey, maybe I'll give you a call sometime. Your number's still 911? Alrighty then. Great movie. But in the second one, they he has to stop these two tribes from fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And the writing is so good because he's, he's like had a mental breakdown and he's in some monastery on top of a mountain. So he's trying to find himself. And, and he's a monk. You know, and they're trying to get rid of him there. They can't stand it. <laughs> so he shows. He goes, "No, I can't leave. I haven't found my spiritual enlightenment. Oh, you just did, just now." And and he goes, "But but I need my I need my idol from here. Take mine. You've worked your entire life for that. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> you know, just want him out." Yeah, and uh, and he does the Captain Kirk thing on on the plane where he's pulling the thing there's something on the wing something and she wakes up and she goes peanuts and he goes no i have on my own it's bulky but i consider it carry on oh you said peanuts i have used that joke so many times in traveling with my wife she hates <coughs> me for it absolutely hates me for it i would imagine and the name of the bat that he's trying to find is called shakaka he goes, you, did, you didn't tell me it was a b- bat. It was just a, a, a ver- it was so much better side by side, but I know the reason why it didn't score as well on Rotten Tomatoes. I know why people panned it. Well, no, the, neither did great, so. The, new, the newness of the character had worn off. Right. You're, yeah, you're right. It wasn't the quotable new movie anymore. The already that had been done, so people were sick of that. Right. So the people that gave up on it gave up, but those are some funny, funny quotable lines. And, and I'm a, a huge Beverly Hills Cop fan. Beverly Hills Cop 2 was a drastic drop-off from one. Yeah. I can, I can quote you lines from it, but very few people yeah. can. I mean, I can quote you lines from Beverly Hills Cop 1. It was so classic. You know, Eddie I'm looking Murphy, for Victor yeah. Maitland. He's a dark-skinned man, gray hair, Capricorn. Yeah. Could you give him a message? Why don't you give me the message, and I'll take it to him. Okay, tell him that Ramon, the man he met about a week ago, went to the clinic. And I got uh, herpes simplex 10, and I want Victor to go see his, his own physician for the things don't start falling off on the man. Yeah. Well, maybe you should tell him that. Yes, that would be best. <laughs> but he improvised that. That was it. He goes, how would you get past one of these guys yeah. at a country club? And Eddie Murphy improvised it. I'm sure. And any of his best stuff is probably, the, are probably those. Beverly Hills Cop 3 those moments. was better than 2. Yes, I remember that being the case, too. They brought back Surge. Surge. Oh, yeah, hello, Aquel. Aquel. They yeah, learned some lessons. This little bit of deception. First, you, you act like you separate the keys, and out comes the big blinding light. 
and you get to you know you get safe, but you still look good. Yes. 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 Yeah, it was kind of when it was after coming to America. It was when some of his movies he was starting to crank. He was like a superstar at this point, and he was starting to crank out some mediocre. Oh, Golden movies. Child, terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, really. Distinguished Gentleman was great, but again, C- Congress and the House of Representatives did not like that movie. They oh, wanted sure. it out of theaters as quick as they I could. I'm sure a black man and, and Boomerang government. was fantastic. Halle Berry's debut. Mm. Woof. Forgot about her debut. She still looks fantastic, but boy, did she look good then. Was Robin Givens in that one? Yes, she, she was. Lead, she was right? his main love interest. But comparing Robin Givens to Halle Berry, I'm sorry. They just didn't know what they had yet. Yeah, they That's certainly all. didn't. They, they, as far as I'm concerned, Robin Givens turned sideways and she's gone. There's nothing left of her. Yeah, I don't know what happened. She just, you know, well, trauma probably. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so yeah, I would say Ace Ventura Two was better than one. You got any other comedies that were better? Uh, comedies, I, I'm trying to think of uh, anything that stands out. I, I don't think I can think of any comedy I can think of that where I thought, wow, they took the original jokes and didn't reuse them. Um, you know, that tends to be the case. Like, I, I liked National Lampoon's Vacation. I liked European Vacation, but I didn't think it was as funny, uh, maybe because some of the novelty of the trope that they, you know, they used that situation already now it's like, okay, they're copying and pasting, and it, it was funny. The only but, thing I can quote you from va- from European Vacation was, hey, kids, it's Big Ben. You know. Big Ben, Parliament. Yeah. 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 So um, Vacation, number one. Vegas Vacation, in my opinion, number two. Yeah, I liked Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation, of a very close third, yeah. basically because of Cousin Eddie. Right. And then European Vacation down at the bottom. Yeah. The, the remade one with that Helms, decent. I didn't see it, but. Decent, okay. Um they they came up with a really cool van that was like the family truckster had all sure. kinds of weird shit in it. it was it was it was pretty decent yeah so um, but yeah I would I I would say that yeah European vacation not even close yeah it's tough uh, to, I'm trying to think of if anything and, I mean there's even. there's there's so many movies that have that have been overdone um, right I mean the second James Bond movie wasn't that Doctor No. Right, because it was from Russia with Love. Was that the first? I think that was the first. And then Doctor No. I believe those are the first two. Yeah, Doctor No might have been a little bit better. Um, and it was based on, since they're based on books, you know, maybe they get a pass because it's it's maybe the book was more interesting or something. I, I don't know. But I, like you said, comedies. That's a t- that's a tall order. I don't even know that I can think of one I'd consider off the top of my head. American it, American Pie Two, terrible. Right compared to the first one. Yeah. Yeah, the first one was a little gimmicky, but at least it was an original. You know, it was a teen sex comedy, raunchy sex comedy. Those types have been done, but this was the, a little oh, bit. How, how could we possibly miss Grease too? Oh yes, you know what's weird? That apparently has like a huge cult following now. That stupid movie. Well, cults are crazy. Yeah, so. well, that's a good point. So I guess there's a cult for anything, but that's the person that's going to say Michelle Pfeiffer and some yeah. Australian Max. Caulfield, Dude I think his name like is. Yeah. yeah some and, the, and the only one uh, that was in two, that was in one, was uh, the beauty school dropout yes. girl. Yes. I can't think. I know. It's such a name. Judy. Right. Judy something. I can't think of the name either. Yeah. It's stupid. But you're right. It was mostly a new cast, which is a big problem. How could we have missed that? Everybody else did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. And I think there's the idea that you can't bring those two back because they're too big of stars. You know stars. what? Something just came to me. I think we're going to have to take the Godfather off. Oh, oh, wait, I, I, I'm waiting with bated breath. Breaking 2, nope. Electric, Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Best sequel title, hands down. 
Sorry, Godfather. Break into Electric Boogaloo. Yep, the one where they were going to tear down the community center and build a strip mall. Yeah, break into. Breakin just doesn't have the same. Turbo. Yeah. Go get him, Turbo. Electric Boogaloo. Some rich white girl had to sell out her dad, who was. It was just one of those classic 80. Yep. Break into Electric Boogaloo. If that doesn't make our <laughs> listeners laugh, I don't know what will. I, I will have given up on comedy at that point. Yeah, it's all throwing shit at a wall. So, yeah, I think the big four, the movies that were better than the original, we, we will not see Avatar 2 until, I think, December. So that has I think no that, chance. Yeah, that, that, that comes up. Um, it, so far, it's been very hard to obtain. It's like unobtainium. Um, great movie. Loved it. Can't wait to see the sequel. But, God, it's taken long enough. We could probably get to the planet Pandora <laughs> by, we, by this point. We've discovered more about their planet. Oh, than... What about uh, Starship Troopers 2? Uh, I don't know that I saw Starship Troopers 2, so I can't... Uh, you are no longer my friend. Okay. That was easy. Just one movie, and that's all it took. Yeah. I knew it. Got some German dude in it. <laughs> I think so. So uh, that'll take care of it. Yeah, I think we're looking at uh, Star Trek, Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Terminator Dos, for the Latino-speaking people. Si. The Dos Terminators. And the Godfather. The Godfather. Godfather That's, Two was better than uh, than one. To me, those four are clearly clearly better, and it's hard to argue. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. Exorcist Two, The Heretic, terrible movie. I'd rather watch Grease <laughs> Two. I'd rather watch Grease Two. Yeah. yeah, the idea of or Lars and the Real Girl, Two. Two, the sequel. Where yeah, no, the real it, should be, it should be it should be called Lars and the Real Girls because now there's two. Now he gets to have a threesome with five, two mannequins. $5,000 uh, sex dummies. Yeah. Have you ever seen any of those, like, live and in person? A sex dummy? Yeah. No, I'm talking about uh, blow up. I'm talking about one of the $5,000 ones. Not, nothing fancy pants. I've seen some of them inflatables in a box, you know, in the box. And then you look, and she, like, she looks like a pretty girl on I'm the cover. I'm telling you what, and she's screaming, oh, at the time. Uh, I know. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I will tell you that I actually did get a chance to, uh, <laughs> no, not try out. Um <laughs> One, one, one of my chillins, one of my chillins worked at uh, an adult uh, store for a short time. Okay. And uh, so I was in there picking her up from work, and uh, there was one seated over in the corner. Check out the merch. Dressed in uh, lingerie. It's lingerie for the French-speaking peoples. And uh, I walked over, and I'm like, and, you know, brunette, dark skin, dark hair, dark eyes. I'm for that. And uh, I did a little poking around, a little feeling around. And um, remarkably lifelike. To the touch. Oh, that's kind of... I don't know if I have how I feel about that. <laughs> oh, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she didn't talk. Major plus. 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 Didn't think. Major no, plus. No, no fights, no arguments. Yeah. And um, very easy to maneuver. Huh. So, and of course, you know, I looked over at you know, my kid and said, you know, test drive. And, you know, I was told, no, just get like, out of the store, Dad. Dad. So, uh, shakes her finger yeah. at you. Yeah. Just telling you right Trying now. Trying to hump the product that, again. That could, uh, that could be something that could make it happen, Captain. <laughs> So, uh, yep, so uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's show, uh, the, the new edition of the Wheel of Ethnicity. We ran rampant on that for a while. Oh, yes. Uh, and if it offended you, sorry, we, uh, we're just trying to make sorry. light and make fun and trying, be spontaneous and improvisational. <laughs> we plan on alienating another culture next week. Can't wait. Uh, the Carlin bit was uh, absolutely fantastic. A little bit of hitch slap talking about North Korea not being a, uh, or being a totally religious state. Um, Richie Valens should be out. Phil Collins should be in. And the four majors, uh, Mount Rushmore's, I've enjoyed that. I think we got it right this time. Absolutely. So where can they find out more about us if they want to watch us again? If you're on the metaverse, if you're enjoying your angertainment there, 
you can listen to us. Search for us, LSD Podcast, or Lighter Side of Dark, uh, and just, just like our page, or you can interact with us there. If you want to go to our website, it's lightersideofdark.com. You can email us if you want to just write something and be done with it at listener at lightersideofdark.com. Uh, but certainly you can message us on Facebook. That's a, that's an easy way to get a hold of us as well. Instagram, Twitter, if you have them, at LighterSideDark. All one word, all lowercase. All, at so uh, next week will be Dead Man's Dinner Party. Dinner, dinner party. Dead Man's Dinner Party. We do done. this once, once a season, and that's where each one of us comes up with three dead peoples that we would invite to a dinner party and uh, talk about the... Uh, the stuff that will ensue, much like uh, Samir and his friend showing up at Albert's. Oh, yes. Today. Very spontaneous. Completely. <clears throat> and uh, we didn't do a switcheroo on song titles this week, but we'll catch up with that uh, next week as well. Indeed. Well, Celio, it's been a pleasure working with me. Oh, it has. We will see everybody, uh, hear everybody, listen to everybody next week. Have a safe and productive week, everybody. Take care. Lighter Side of Dark is a brainchild of DJs Rob Smith and Paul Solio and is meant for the sole purpose of entertainment, merely opinions of our host and not meant to be taken seriously. Written and produced by Paul Solio and Rob Smith. Edited by Rob Smith, announcer Dave Anthony, original music provided by Seth Book and a local Tampa band, Noodles Magoo. You may visit the website at www.lightersideofdark.com or visit on Facebook at the Lighter Side of Dark podcast, available on most podcast formats and services. For sponsorship interest, please email at listener at lightersideofdark.com. Recorded at the Fame DJ School Studios in Spring Hill, Florida. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please go back and start from the beginning of the series. We appreciate your following our show.